if you have been seeking an opportunity to slow down and to have a heart-centered conversation, then you're in luck because what you are seeking is also seeking you. And this is me, aka you, saying to you, uh, this podcast that I recorded back when I was in Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica with one of the, uh, I love this GK Chesterton quote that Ian always tells me about. He says, one of the, the great things about miracles is that they actually happen. And every time I spend time with Julian, the man that I recorded, magic starts to happen. I just feel like I'm in the right place at the right time and he's saying the right things. And at this time in my life, when I was back in Puerto Viejo, I had just come off of an experience for like five, six weeks in Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, and it was fast paced and it um, it was like full of foreigners and tourists. There wasn't really a lot of culture because it was just people coming in and out of Santa Teresa and I felt like I was really in a rush and I felt like I didn't do a very good job of listening to myself and my intuition and slowing myself down. I felt like I was um, almost Epictetus said, as soon as you seek validation from the external, from the outside world, then you've already compromised your integrity. And in many ways, when I was in Santa Teresa, I was seeking that external validation. I was compromising my integrity. And when I landed in Puerto Viejo, I felt anchored and I had an opportunity to really slow down and one of the big reasons I was able to do that was because I met Julian so uh, if you are looking for somebody or something to give you permission to live your life from your heart and to slow down and to ask yourself the questions that truly matter because Julian was really challenging my thinking when I was thinking um, business, productivity, industry. He was asking me questions and he, and he started to talk about his philosophy of quality of life and peace of mind and maybe rethinking the, as he put it, the currency that we quantify our life by um, and instead start to think of maybe some of the more qualitative aspects of our life that give us meaning and give us fulfillment and then make us really feel alive. And that's what this conversation is about. So uh, I highly recommend it. He is a fitness professional. He was running a TEDx style event. I didn't realize how big of an inspiration that he was for my life. When I think about going to Guatemala afterwards and experiencing impact, which was an in-person TEDx style event, I didn't realize that a lot of those roots came obviously from Speaker Slam, uh, some of my past history, but, but really Julian inspired me with this Mindshare event that I experienced with him, which we get into in this podcast, but just overall, just like really delighted that I listen to the show and that I'm able to share it with you. I highly recommend you take an opportunity to listen, share it with a friend that's looking for that, that same feeling of maybe rethinking what matters to me right now or rethinking the way I'm living my life. Uh, I love this episode. Thank you so much, Julian, for doing this with me. And for those of you that are tuning into the podcast, I love you from Bradford, Canada, and looking forward to hearing what you think and for you to share it with a friend that you love and that you also want to have the opportunity to enter their heart space.
enjoy the show. Before we jump into like even how we know each other and uh, some of the ideas around community and things like that, is there, if you were to describe like a, a life philosophy or like philosophy in general on where you like how you live your life from like I live my life from this perspective because like as an example the mentor that I uh, probably got the most guidance from like outside of my parents was a guy named Jim Rohn mm. right if you ever heard of Jim mm -hmm. yeah so he's like a he's they call him the foremost business philosopher so it was like business and philosophy and combining the two and one of the things he said that really resonated with me is like you're like a, you're like a boat and the the wind of life will blow on everyone and where you end up has less to do with the wind because it's going to blow on everyone the same. It has more to do with the set of your sail, sail yeah. right? So yeah. um, he said philosophy, the way you look at the world, the way you see the world determines where you end up. And so he described like philosophy as um, improving your philosophy is setting a better sail. So our goal should be to refine our philosophy, to refine mm -hmm. the way we look at the world so that we end up where we want to go. So I'm just wondering from like kind of like a first principles perspective of the way you look at the world, what kind of, what kind of influences do you think you have? Is there like Eastern philosophy in there? Maybe your parents taught you something, maybe, you know, you sought out a specific mentor that really inspired you. And this is the way I kind of look at the world or, or how do you, like, where are you, where are you coming from? Well, when you say, when you ask that, um, two acronyms come into play three probably um two of them are actually from my dad um he always wants to help us achieve a certain level of peace of mind pom peace of mind peace of mind um for himself and for other people and qol quality of life pom and qol yeah those are the first two peace of mind quality quality of life, of life. yes and then the structure of let's say a day or um, just yeah probably a day is perma v from positive psychology perma v is an acronym that um, martin seligman has come up with and obviously his peers uh, it's kind of a framework and model to how you carry yourself forward. So every day, try to experience P for positive emotion, E for engagement, R for relationships, positive relationships, M for meaning, A for accomplishment slash attainment or, or achievement, and then V is for vitality. So those are the, what I use it and how I've interpreted it is like basically a checklist for the day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm approaching it that way in terms of how to life yeah and then, <laughs> nice. and then the destination points would be the quality of life achieving that in as many moments as possible and then a peace of mind and those two endpoints um serve as maybe like an endpoint not only for myself but for other people so when i engage with someone hoping that i leave you with a, a heightened quality of this life experience and the peace of mind is like that we found some closure over why we came together sure yeah so that's what first came to mind well yeah as a <laughs> just kind of contributing to that thought i think from my experience with you every interaction i've seen you go into you you contribute that mm. so thanks for thanks man thanks for that dude <laughs> i appreciate it so it's so um good. peace of mind so pom yeah quality of life qol and then it's perma v yeah, perma v, v. Yeah. perma v 
Can you repeat for me just one more time? Like the positive emotion, engagement, relationships or positive relationships, meaning, accomplishment slash achievement, and vitality. Which one do you think you uh, you do best in or you thrive most in? Vitality. For sure. That's like how it's hooked on to the end is like yeah, almost like sure. something you could forget, but it's like perma yeah. the B is like perma very v. distinct. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people use interchangeably H, so they just call it perma. Yeah. With an H at the end. And that's for health. Mm. Um, but I really like vitality. It's a word that I've The V is more distinct, yeah. Yeah. I definitely yeah. resonate a lot with vitality. It's almost like the I always tried to find the intersection between fitness, health, and wellness. And I thought to myself, vitality like that is what those three ultimately want to find is this this level of energy this heightened level of energy that is beyond what you need and also overflows so that overflow can serve others so if you harness your own vitality and are able to preserve it um hone it share it shape it you get to a point where that energy in excess is abundance for others and for the things around you yeah and so to make vitality the common denominator currency of everything that we do uh has been a real big shift for me over the last two years vitality nice i'm gonna bring the mic closer to us because uh we're in uh puerto viejo costa rica for anyone that's tuning in here and um i think that's a great i'm gonna come back to vitality park that really briefly okay. but you might hear some birds in the background I, I don't know what that is that like a cicada or something like a cricket the, the the it's like white noise at this point it's, it's so nice yeah i believe it it's like yeah. real asmr <laughs> <laughs> and, but the rain's been on and off all day i know you got caught in the rain on the bike yeah. ride here but uh yeah just to kind of like arrive in the space together that was one thing. So uh, just really brief context. The reason I know Julian is because I was, uh, it was my first day in Puerto Viejo and I was just walking around the town. It's the second time I've ever been here. So I was kind of exploring with my roommate Ian and we were just like exploratory mode. We had no expectations of what was going to happen. I saw a juice store and I walked in, didn't buy anything, but I met Susan and I just, I mentally made the note to come back and buy something for her because from, she was really nice. So the next day, the first thing I did was I went and bought a juice. And as I was like taste testing the juice, she kind of was like, um, kind of like rushing. And I was like, you, you look like you're in a rush. What's going on? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm making these juices for this event that I'm going to. It's like a TED Talk style event that's happening. Um, if you want to come, feel free. And I was like thinking about my plans. And I had a plan for the day, but I was like, you know what? That sounds cool. It's only my second day in Puerto Viejo. I'm sure I'll meet a bunch of cool people. And I did, yeah. and uh, and so she let me try some of the juices and said, show up at two, and so I did, and um, I was pleasantly surprised that it was well facilitated. Mm -hmm. And I've spent the last few years learning about communication and public speaking and facilitation, and um, you just, like, w like, the second you took the front of the room, you, it made me feel comfortable, mm -hmm. you made me feel engaged, mm -hmm. and you made me feel like I was, like, welcome Mm. in a sense like it's like i wasn't forgotten in a way because mm. like it's easy to get in your head about like you know why am i even here am i going to get anything from this but as soon as i was actually engaged in the presentation like those those thoughts that were up in here up here in the metaphysical world that doesn't actually exist in reality it's just my thoughts they kind of dissipated and i was able to pay attention 
And so in terms of arriving in the space, um, you know, they said Julian's from Toronto and I was like, let's go Toronto, <laughs> let's go Toronto. And then you started doing, that so good. yeah, yeah. Loved yeah, it. That good, was man. so good. Yo, good man. I've met so many people on this trip from Toronto. Yeah, like yeah. just that uh, we have, I guess it's the disposable income, but also the writing was on the wall in the fall that it was going to turn into a crapshoot. So we kind of bounced. Also but I, the multiculturalism in Toronto transfers over to Puerto Viejo and the nature of this place. For some reason, I mean, this is the main export here is biodiversity and in, in all things in okay. Costa Rica. I think there's maybe like a, there's a thing, an affinity for that. The call, there's definitely yeah. a, a draw. Yeah, there's yeah. a call for sure. Yeah, Costa Rica for sure. Because like in Santa Teresa, when we were there, we met a ton of people from Toronto. Yes, but uh, yeah, we, I just like uh, in terms of the 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 instant engagement. I don't know what it was called, but we were like tapping and, and just qigong we were getting yeah. like arriving basically in the space yeah. and so is there anything that you would do like for our listeners right now if they want to maybe they're distracted in their day that you would recommend or that we could do together right now in terms of arriving in the space and then i want to just like kick this off and for jump sure. right in just do some breaths together one of the best things to do is channel and anchor in and center ourselves with our breath something that we have together that we can share but it's what the the first thing that we do in life and the last thing that we do in mm -hmm. life. So when we enter a new experience, it's sort of the first thing and last thing that we can do. I like that idea. So let's begin. Maybe I like we'll breathing. Take in five breaths. Okay. Um, we can take in some deep breaths. We don't have to do it to a specific count, but just follow me. So sure. five breaths. Let's sit up nice and tall. Feet grounded on the floor. Spine tall. Rooting into the seat. Crown is also nice and tall, just like a tree. From here, we'll take our first deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. A little deeper, inflate that belly. Expand the chest and then exhale. Third time. Feel those shoulders relax. Fourth breath in. Exhale. Last one in. And out. Okay. I already feel better. As simple as that. Breathing. How do you feel? Better? Yeah, just to balance the pH levels within your system, get a oxygen intake, carbon dioxide out, some of the nitric oxide within you when you do that nasal breath will naturally calm you down and turn on that parasympathetic nervous system, that calming state. And then also being aware and mindful of how you sit posturally is also another way to channel in what called your neural uh, your 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 nervous system with your muscular system. Your neuromuscular system, that connection there is really important. Cool, Brad. So, yeah, yeah, beautiful way to start. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope you're here. Is everyone else here? Yeah, I hope you're here, y'all. And um, I think that breathing is such an interesting part of the life experience because, like, it's both unconscious and it can be conscious at the same time, right? So it's like this dual mm -hmm. nature where it's like I don't actually control my blood cells or what's happening with a lot of my organs. Mm -hmm. Like, but, and virtually all the time, my breath is unconscious and happens automatically. Like if you just don't ever pay attention to your breathing, it'll do it on its own. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to die. It's an autopilot. Um, but so 
So just really briefly, because I know you talked about vitality, how does breath integrate with um, living a vital experience and having that experience of energy and, and wellness? Mm. Well, breath is life. And you can choose to use it as a way to become a little more in tune, or we can not think about it and just let it be. I think the choice for breath and how we control it and how we manipulate it and use it to strategically show up is essential. And it's one of the only things you can truly, truly control to an extent. Um, you can also control your effort and your attitude. So I say those are the three things that we can control our effort, our attitude, and our breath. Mm. And the breath is a physiological experience. And so the other two can be concepts, but immediately the first tangible thing you can do is that breath. Nice. And so if you do want to harness and bring forward a higher vitality to the experience that you're about to enter, breath is one of the first things. Yeah. Yeah, there's... um. Uh, YouTube sensation and a uh, writer and uh, personal development speaker Brendan Bouchard and he wrote a book called the high performance habits mm. he wrote a bunch of bestsellers before that but that was one of his new ones it, it it almost seemed like it was very similar to the seven habits of highly successful people it was mm -hmm. like six habits of high performers and one of the it, it, the way he described it was like taking your habits and the difficult habits are the ones you have to be conscious about mm. and he yeah. said whenever you enter a space wherever you switch activities, doing something like what we did at the workshop, like being like rooting into where we are, leaving the things that we were doing before yeah. or the next project that we're going to work on and just enjoying the experience of being together in this present moment is like part of that high performance, which is arriving. And one of the things he recommended was to breathe. And then some people have a mantra, mm. which is like the yes. context of who I'm going to be, or maybe a theme of how I'm going to show up in this experience. Do you ever use anything like that? Priming. Well, the PERMA, the model, yeah. it all comes and syncs to breath as well. So, I mean, engagement. To be engaged and say, like, hey, let's do some breath right off the bat, especially when we're syncing up together, to be here together, to yeah. deliver an experience for one out there and for each other. Uniting that is really, really important. So that we're all on the same page, yeah. not only like mentally, but on a physiological level. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this concept, especially in communication. It's called meeting your audience where they're at mm -hmm. before you take them where you want them to go. Yes. And so I was just like, uh, I was totally captivated by this facilitation. And so uh, for the listeners who are like, you know, who are these guys and how do they know each other? We sh I showed up at this event. Julian was the, was the facilitator for the experience. And the talk was about community, mm -hmm. which I definitely want to talk about because the Circle Up podcast is about masculinity, is about men's mental health. But really, when I think about the broadest theme possible for it, it's about community. And um, when I knew for sure, for sure that I wanted to have you on the podcast, I told you about it. It's right before we started, you said you can take your armor off. Yes. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, and so for those wondering who are like, uh, can you explain? Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to project into this mic because we are in the rainforest. You know? We are in the rainforest and the rain is picking up. Can you talk about like what? Because um, in our men's circle, we talk about masks. Yes. Can we talk about um, the key to trusting masculine relationships is developing confidential spaces, being able to trust each other, and then I can actually take my mask off because I know that what I say in this space is confidential. 
Um, is that what you meant by armor? Or can you talk a little bit about what that analogy means to you and how can we use that in relation to um, some of the, the things that are important to you, like community and um, holistic approaches to health? And mm -hmm. Armor for sure is like another way of describing masks. I like to bring inspiration from the human body. So when I think about armor as well, I think about guarding. So lower back, a lot of people have lower back pain and issues. I have lower back pain. And so, yeah. And so the pain can be from an injury that's acute or it could be chronic or long-term. But what happens, the body's natural defense system turns on certain muscles and holds them in tension. And so the achiness and the tightness is a guarding, is this armor that's yeah, on. Protection. It's protecting yourself from hurting itself even more. Mm. And so the only way to alleviate that level of guarding is to be at a calm state and to decrease the inflammation, to decrease the amount of energy and the heightened stimulus to that area. And so doing the activities before the actual session by qigong, tapping, breathwork together, doing a little bit of ah, and just some communication with the neighbor next to you. Then moving into a prompt of taking your armor off is this two for one deal. You do a physiological shift and then you allow the mind to then be less guarded. So it's like putting maybe an ice pack or a heat pack on your lower back, which is through some of the activities that we did, the working out, and then the working in is permission. And just being like, it's okay to take your armor off. It's a safe space. We've kind of opened the circle and created this force field around it. We've connected with each other in this very gentle, inviting and sincere, empathetic way. And to allow people to take that armor off is allowing the lower back muscles to say, hey, we're chill, we're in a safe place. You can let go a little bit and you can de-stress because we're not gonna threaten it with any more heat or movement or anything like that. So that's kind of where my brain goes when I'm thinking about the word armor and then that second word of permission. You know, allowing people to just feel safe in the space and giving them the chance to, oh wow, I don't have to show up as someone with my gloves on and my armor on ready to fight. You yeah. know, this is not about that. Yeah. So this is more about camaraderie than it is about competition. It's about sharing than it is about scarcity. So just really want, want to set that tone there. And I'm glad that it resonated with you. Yeah. Big time. Totally. That's a huge, huge win. Totally. For facilitation and for the language and the cueing that we use when we do create spaces for people to connect, those are the specific words. And it takes time to, to think about it, to embody it from another facilitator, and then to put it out there into practice. So I'm glad that it worked. Yeah, it did, man. And I think this podcast is very unique in the sense that virtually all the guests that I've ever had on this show, like I know them intimately. We have oh, a lot of history together. We have deep roots. Maybe we shared like a peak experience together. Um, and you and I don't really have that. Wow. And so, you yeah. know, uh, when we create context for the listeners on why what we're talking about makes sense and why they should consider applying some of the concepts and ideas in their lives. I'm also going to be learning about context into your life as well. So I'm, mm. I'm happy that we're going to be able to, the yeah. listeners and I are going to be able to learn that together. Um, can you just talk to me about like maybe 
uh, an experience or a story that led you to facilitation or that led you to the work you do or that led you to being in Puerto Viejo, like mm. wherever you feel like no, no pressure, wherever you feel like starting, um, there's, we'll, we'll kind of build context around that experience. Uh, any stories you like to tell about how you got to where you're at right now? hundred percent with, with the work that I presented the 2.0 method, uh, just that concept of creating community, um, through events, special mm -hmm. events that are more on the conscious, caring level, the heart centric mm -hmm. level. It stemmed from issues within the fitness industry that I felt deeply uh, in Toronto, um, and I'm sure magnified in other cities as well. Yeah. And that was a lack of community. It was dog eat dog, wild wild west, first to ship is the one that dominates the territory. If you have these many degrees and this much education, you, you have the, the right of way. Um, it sounds like a battle of egos. Battle of egos, 100%. And so I questioned and I started asking, is there anyone responsible for uh, the standards that we uphold and how we can play nice with other people? And the associations that we were all certified by didn't really hold that under their responsibility. Their job, I think, was just to provide us the opportunity to certify, to get some continuing education, but it's more than just Profit. that. Profit, <laughs> yeah, yes, just... exactly. Um, and I just felt uh, a need to, to create a community out of an industry. And that came from when I was a kid being a part of student council. Nice. And I thought, where is the student council of yeah. the fitness industry? Yeah. Who is responsible board for directors board or... of directors? Who is responsible for the liaison between sure. the governance and the student body? And can we have this crowdsourcing grassroots effort as opposed to wait from top down? Because sure. there was no top down. Yeah. So a lot of holes were, were found, a lot of problems were found, not only within a specific discipline, but across the board of how you experience and consume fitness and movement. So from yoga to CrossFit to dance to athletic training, no one was really talking. There was a lack of communication and not many bridges. It's all these isolated silos of different um, practitioners and yes. different methodologies, yes. but there was no integration. No integration, no Got interconnection, it. no no coexistence. It, it really wasn't healthy. That's something that really inspired me about the event as well. Just going back to, um, the mind share. you know, mindshare and the experience we had together because it was like, I'm facilitating this, but I'm not the star of the show. Like the point of this is to bring people together that have great ideas yes. so that we could spark connection and, and, um, think differently. And, mm -hmm. and maybe what one person says is going to resonate and they'll make a connection and that could produce something. It's yes. not about me, me, me. It's about like, what can we create together? Right. And so it sounds like that kind of, that philosophy. Um, it reminds me of, um, uh, I'm going to screw it up. Perma V. Yes. Perma V, which is like, you can't take one of them out. They're all interrelated and interdependent. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like a, an analogy that Alan Watts uses, which is life is kind of like a, a big spider web mm. that has like dew. So like it's a little wet Yes, and you can kind of see the reflection of every single, 
um, droplet of water through each droplet of water. And so like everything is tied in, yes. everything is related. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it sounds like you're trying to create that mm -hmm. in what, in all the, the efforts that you do, which is, uh, I think it's a beautiful endeavor. Yeah. When you said the, the web, uh, in, in movement and in the human body, there's a concept or a phenomena called tensegrity, it's tensional integrity. And so the system of the body applies force and receives force as an entire whole system. And so you can think of a interconnecting web of fibers. Yeah. What you feel, you know, in your earlobe can be wow. basically attached to your baby toe. It makes so much sense. And so this tensegrity model, there's an integrity to how things are tensionally connected from one cable or one fiber, one fascial line. Sure. And these are all the inner nettings of our human system. And then another term is called cybernetics, which mm. is uh, a system is dependent on another system and they're all interlinking Got systems. And so that mindset is the baseline to holistic thinking and holistic health is that your digestive system is highly correlated and codependent on, let's say your circulatory system. Circulatory system, respiratory system, respiratory system. Can't take one out, man. Everything, your, your central nervous. You know, like it just continues to build upon each other. And when you start to really understand the connections of that, then you start thinking more integratively rather than isolate. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, you know, be, care be careful of the weakest link because it, it impacts everything else. Yes. Um, one of the... You are only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. One of the methodologies that... So, like, again, we're going to have to grab a beer after this and talk about this on a very deep level because, like, I have a very... Um, it's a, it's very demoralizing for me at this point, like, my, my fitness and my health and my body. and uh, But I'd love to, to mm, talk about it course. more, more um, in a confidential space. Yes. But... Um, uh, one of the methodologies I tried and I've been trying is called happy body. And there's this guy out in Poland, uh, his name is Jerzy Gregorich and he was an Olympic weightlifting champion. And he developed this, um, this system called happy body to help people to have a happy body. And mm. so like I was, you know, trying it and, uh, I don't know, I must've done it for six months, but the, 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 one of the things that's really stood out is he said that most people that die, it's from one organ mm. yeah. that gives up or one organ that's been abused. And then it's not like, it's not like you, you die because everything fails at the same time. It's like one thing fails and then everything fails. And so um, this idea of like everything is interrelated, interdependent, um, that obviously draws into what you were trying to create in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. And so it inspired yeah. this type of community event. Yeah, cultivating community for sure. It started just for fitness and then expanded to fitness, health and wellness. And then it started to expand to thought leaders from other communities, other tribes, uh, people who believed in the holistic, people who believe that doing work from the heart and the passion is what truly matters and what makes a difference. People were looking for that altruism mixed with enlightenment. Um, people who are willing to do the work, who are walking the talk. True. And so those people I built personal relationships with and really studied what they do that gained trust. And that allowed these people to come together and feel safe to share what they do. And the Ted talks had truly inspired me to create something that, um, that allowed for ideas to share, uh, and, and, and spread 
I think it's important to also identify those that are the cross-pollinators of this world, the bumblebees, the hummingbirds, um, because those are the bridges of the world that bring one tribe into the other. And so I just speak to that as a representation of myself. Like I'm a generalist. I like to drop into all different tribes. Back in high school, I was never one group of people. I always yeah. like to hop from one yeah. click to another click, one sport to another sport. Very diverse human being. Divergent, as I mentioned. Yeah. And that resonated with me and it brought other people who were like me together to continue to carve and distill what 2.0 methodology could be. And it shows up now as these really highly curated events that bring like minds together from different backgrounds. And we, we can learn so much from books and from people of different generations, but this is all about peer to peer and seeing each other as, as equals. And I think that really resonates with the people that do come because then you can really get to some true work, which is the next step is taking the information that we've learned at the events and then putting it into action further. So, but I think the best thing to come from an event like that is the showing up. And that's what a lot of professionals that were there had kind of mentioned and alluded to that showing up, not just for the community, but for yourself and taking care of yourself. I think that's a really important message that's quite common amongst most of the mind shares that I host. And the Mindshare is a boutique TED Talks. It's a smaller TED Talks. We have anywhere from 10 people to 30 people. Nothing more than that because we want to keep the intimacy. We want to be able to have each person interact with almost everyone that arrives sure. in the room. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, just to kind of prove the, the methodology, I've been in Puerto Viejo for less than a week. And over and over and over again, people are honking when they're driving by me, what's up, Jonathan? And I'm like, I don't even know who it is, but like they, they must have met me at the event. Yes. And like, we just saw Lisa at yes. the Caribbean and okay, I've, yeah. I've seen um, Tyranny and I've yes. seen Susan again and wow. just like all these faces. Will was yes. at the El Puente. I volunteered at El Puente because of that event. So it's yeah. just like, you can just see how um, possibility exists inside of connection. Yes. Right. Yes. And so if you're always like, isolated in a bubble which is a challenge for me sometimes because like i'm thinking about uh, my mission and my purpose i've got this objective i gotta write this book and that's my goal and so i kind of like you know try to isolate myself from the world so i can make it happen and i never look up to see what else is going on and then i miss all this world of possibility yeah i think what's really important too is that um remember my three ups that i said at the end show up yeah follow up and fill up your cup yeah and so really important thing that you did is you followed up mm. you went to El Puente yeah to experience that yeah and I think that is that speaks volumes to the character of who you are is that you take the information you kind of want to put it out there and continue that work um which which when you said that made made my heart sing mm. I was really really happy to hear that and those are the success stories that I latch on to that continue to give me that belief and that hope and that drive to continue doing this kind of work. And I sound like a, I sound, I feel like a missionary when I say this stuff. Preach buddy, preach the work, but it is what makes the world go round. And I hope it gives people belief, um, 
faith, um, confidence that there are bright spots happening around the world. And sometimes when you least expect it, you know, an event like this, you just have no expectations or maybe you do and you walk in and you just leave feeling like, wow, I can't believe just on a whim, I was able to experience something like this that changes the trajectory of your plans. True. I think that's, um, yeah, that's a real win. Yeah. Huge win. Yeah, I think um, for everyone, actually. For El Puente, for me, for you, for the people that you're well, surrounding yourself with. So that philosophy of the integration and inter interdependence. And yes. like uh, one of the major themes of the Circle Up book that I'm writing and the podcast is like when I thrive, like it, it makes the world a better place. Yes. Right? Because I can contribute that to the world. Alan mm. Watts has this philosophy is like if you want to delight people, you need to be more or less delightful. <laughs> you know, you need, to, yeah. you need to, like you're saying, fill up. Yes. Right. How am I supposed to pour into the world? How am I supposed to contribute anything if I have no vitality and no energy mm -hmm. and no enthusiasm and no passion inside of me, which is why some of my health concerns are like, am I really going to be able to bring my best self if I'm, if I'm constantly feeling bogged down by yeah. how I feel? And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to the show have one area of their life where it's like a constant uh, chronic issue or challenge that prevents them from giving their best self. But we need you to give your best self. Totally. One of the mantras that I use or quotes is to be interesting, you have to be interested. And that's been my thing as a generalist is if I want to learn more about the variety of human experience, varieties of spice of life, I have to be interested and put in that intentional time, that deliberate practice to focus in and have discipline on learning about a certain subject because then I have stories to share and yeah. things that I want to express and pour out into the world and contribute. So that's a big thing that came up when you're talking about the Alan Watts quote mm. um, that really, really um, fuels me. Another thing that you asked um, in terms of the, the 2.0 stuff and, and maybe how I got from where I was to here. Uh, stewardship is the new leadership. Really stewardship. stewardship, guiding people. There's so many different ways of displaying leadership. Many ways that we've known and we've grown up with is this, this pedestal sure. leader, this person that's a, a dictator. Mm. Uh, Almost forceful. Forceful, way. yes. The leader is seen up high. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Authoritative. Thank you. Uh, and I think nowadays we have so many of those kinds of leaders. I think it's a good chance and good opportunity now to investigate and redefine, reimagine what leadership can be. And that's something that I got down to, to unpacking with some friends that I had pregame talked before the actual event. We came down to talking about leadership as another design option or priorities uh, activity before we actually decide how to design and develop better communities in, in 2021, which was the theme of the event. We didn't think about the, the how-tos. We thought, okay, let's prioritize who's responsible for the community and who has the decision-making power. Who are the people that are gonna actually do the designing and developing? And that came down to the leaders. And a lot of the issues that we thought happen typically 
um, in community comes down to leadership. And I think the, the narrowing field of and definition of what a leader is decreases the opportunities and the options of what a community can actually become. And so when we think about design, there's, a, there's an element of creativity and imagination. So we are standing on the shoulders of giants from our ancestors and from the past work that's been figures, done. Yeah. Yes. We don't have to be bounded by that. We don't have to follow exactly in their footsteps. We have that as a resource. What can we do in the context of our current circumstance life in the present moment to redefine community through its leaders? And it comes down to us. It comes down to showing up, following up, and filling up your cup. Those are the three things that I think are quick, easy, digestible pieces that we can all take in um, to reassess who we are as leaders to other people. And, and a lot of it comes down to maybe leadership without a title leaders without a title yeah robin sharma yeah, has a book you don't need the leader to, with no title right. never read it but it's kind of self it kind of seems self-explanatory <laughs> it's an amazing title yeah it's amazing Very provocative and right timely exactly so yeah. there's definitely a lot to to understand with that and to to maybe pull out um and that's one of the things the that caught you is the armor mm. you know leaders come with expectation of what an art what a leader looks like and maybe some of the best leaders are those that are the most vulnerable that take their armor off or maybe just don't have that armor to begin with have trained themselves to deflect and be more like water absorb reshape remold and i'm really learning a lot about my my own leadership through being here in the jungle because our inner nature is reflective of our outer nature that surrounds us and we are very much our surroundings and so to help curate and foster a different level of, of becoming or development. Finding inspiration from other people is one thing, but finding it from plants and animals and the intelligence of the ecosystem is this huge wealth that I haven't tapped into until I moved here. It's tough in Toronto. Concrete jungle versus jungle jungle. We got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, can you give me an example of... Um, Maybe an experience you had being here in, in Costa Rica um, where you felt like you learned about yourself or you learned about your leadership? I was telling you before about an accident that I had. Yeah, get into it, man. That's that That scary. was profound for sure. So I came in after a permaculture design course with the need and the urgency to, to get shit done, to be here myself in and try to work yeah there was a burning desire there wow. yeah to feel productive and I'll loop around to a learning a deep learning for me on productivity at the end of this but decided to go for a workout had a planned day scheduled meetings with some really epic people that I was lucky to be um, introduced to and so I wanted to kick off the day with vitality so I went to the beach and did some workout did a great beach workout, calisthenics. Nice. Took a swim in an area that actually was not favorable. Okay. And rip currents are very strong on the Caribbean side. So, you know, I I end up getting pulled out by the rip current. And so I had just for context, rip current is like an undercurrent? Undercurrent, yes, that pulls you in uh, out of the sh away from the shore wow. into the ocean, That'd just kind scary. of swallowing you out. Yes. 
for surfers, it's great because it's a free. Yeah, uh, it's a ride out there. It's a ride. It's like a treadmill. It's like out. A, yeah, or like a ski lift, like a mm-hmm. ski lift taking you, you up to the top of the hill. But this, in this case, when you don't have a board or you're not prepared for it, you do not want to be in a rip current, especially if you don't know how to swim very well. I'm right. sure a lot of people get pulled out. Right. Even as a strong swimmer, as a as an Ironman, you know, like anything can happen, and many deaths have sadly been reported because of these rips because either people don't listen or don't see or just. They're not in the right mindset. Water is unforgiving. You got it. The ocean is a very powerful thing that, um, if not respected or understood, you know, you get yeah, swallowed respected up. Respected for sure. Yeah. So you got pulled out. I got pulled out. Had to get rescued. Had to call the help from the lifeguards because I was done. I was done. I I had a moment where is this it? And I really, um, I have a really interesting relationship with water. I've had three near drownings in my life where I've actually had to get resuscitated once. And so my relationship with water has been my biggest teacher in my life. And because I naturally gravitate towards being a fire element, Hmm. the water is definitely like a chink in your armor. It is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, um, but that's where you need to explore. Exactly. And so it's, it's been a continuous, um, partner in crime you know or partner in success partners like spiritual development yes exactly so anyways i'm um, going back to the story i got pulled out got rescued and that was one thing but to top it off my mind was still in overdrive wanting to commit to the day and okay. succeed and be productive so i went, went back to my place the lifeguards grabbed you they grabbed me yeah. you're swallowing water you said and they grabbed you they, and they grabbed brought me, you in. They brought me in and then you're okay. and it took a while to get back into the beach the shore when I did, I started laughing. I just had no other way of expressing myself except for laughter. Like, I can't believe that just happened. So then I picked myself up, gathered whatever was left of my ego, and I just this plan. Yeah, and I, I got keep this going. Plan. It's got me driving forward. Went back to my place. My roommate was freaking out, saying, Dude, you need to rest. You need yeah. to chill out. What's wrong yeah. with you? And I was like, No, I got to get on my day. I got to go, 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 go. I don't want to let these people down. Sure. So I rode my bike from down the mountain and um, my bike chain snaps off going downhill. Interesting. Uh, and I dodge, you know, a car, a person, Jeez. a dog. Finally crashed, landed on my face. Whoa. Sliced my forehead up to the top of my skull. Whoa. Had like all these scars now, but my face was just mangled. And bruised, uh, a big, huge mushroom bruise came right out of my forehead. It's like insult to injury right here. Yeah. Or insult in the wound. Yeah, yeah. And so my roommate was freaking out. And I was always, I'm always surprised at how I respond to emergency. And I was really calm. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll get what am I going to do? I already landed on my face. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyways, the learning lesson of that is slow down. Slow down and not be as aggressive with with what you need to get done and what you feel uh, defines you. Um, the pacing was off. The, the ego was the leader here. Forefront, yeah. Yeah, and I needed, I needed to feel a certain level of accomplishment for the day. Uh, I still use it as a reflection piece to, to channel in what it was and a reminder of how I continued to be more present. And so the learning from there was, why did I fall into these accidents? Why did I get pulled out of the rip? 
or by the rip? Why did I fall on my face? Well, it was a lack of presence and a lack of slowing down and mindfulness. It was me thinking five steps down the road. So while I was hmm. swimming in the rip, while I was swimming and not thinking about, oh, there's a red flag here. Oh, you're, you're kind of being pulled out a little further. Maybe you should go further in rather than thinking about the meeting and how you want to be when you are at that meeting in front of this potential mentor of yours. Or did you get your, your transcript done? Or did you submit this form? I was thinking about all that stuff, but yeah. not thinking about being in present in the water. Yeah. So those things pulled me away on the bike. I was biking and I, if I was a little bit more present, I would have seen that the chain was really, really not good. Yeah. It was rusted and okay. it just wasn't in good shape. If I had taken a moment to just breathe and be calm and maybe think, ah, maybe I'll walk down this hill because mm. it looks pretty messy Dude, that is a that's an intense hill you got there man we just climbed up this mountain basically to get to this perch which is gorgeous we should do a turnaround on the camera yeah, yeah, we show. can do that for sure if you want to keep talking I'll, yeah. I'll show you what you got over here but um yeah it was a lack of presence and that ocean view morning view you get to see toucans there's sloths in some of the trees. But that means that you got a downhill bike to get there. Yeah. Down to the street. Yeah. So you're learning about presence. I think uh, Jim Rohn, again, going back to him, he talked about one of his like major lessons in, in uh, productivity was when you're in the shower, don't be at the office. When you're driving to work, don't be thinking about clients. Yes. He's like, when you're on the phone with the client is when you should be thinking about the client. Yes. Yes. Right. And so like, um, you know, in the past I've like, it's important to like, as an example, just a quick example, practical is, you know, it's important for me to prepare for the show, but I can't spend all day in my head about what am I going to say or where is it going to go? Cause I have no idea until I show up. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying is like, I'm, uh, and it's, it's exacerbated in your situation because oftentimes maybe you're going for a walk or you're hanging out with your wife and you're thinking about other things while you're doing that. But now you're in a dangerous, potentially dangerous situation where you're in the water, where being present is actually the, the most uh, practical thing you could do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love uh, and I've excelled at trail running. Not that this story shows that I am really good at being present, but I mean, track record, being an ultra marathon runner, what it does, it helps and forces you it's a forcing function to be present because one misstep you can twist an ankle mm. one misturn you can fall off a cliff um, if you eat something that maybe aggravates you aggravates your digestion or, you know you're paying for it near the end of the or, at yeah. the end of the race when you need to be at your highest mm. performance level there's so many small micro adjustments that need to be taken into consideration when completing an ultra marathon and a high level of preparedness and also presence presence you have to be present you have to be in it you have to be in tune and attuned to your body to the environment and it's a huge study uh, it's a practice it's meditative it's so many things so uh, I kind of thought to myself yeah the swim accident and the bike accident were not a display of your ultra marathon endurance athletic yeah. capacity yeah so there's definitely something that was misaligned were you distracted or you, you distracted yeah or? i think it was like 
man, sometimes I'm like, especially you were in Santa Teresa, right? Like, uh, oh, before, yeah. Yeah, you were in Santa Teresa before. Like, I, when I was in Santa Teresa, man, I was, like, in my head a lot. Mm. So it's just interesting to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. It's one of my present, one of my not. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are listening to this. They're resonating. It's like, well, I'm not surfing, but I'm thinking about other things. So I'm doing something. Right, yeah, yeah. One fun, funny revelation was going through a list of positive uh, work behaviors and one of them is single tasking Hmm. it's called single tasking it's an actual technique yeah do one thing (laughs) do one thing as opposed to multitask because it doesn't exist right exactly for men (laughs) exactly so i was i was just so uh it was such an easy thing to think about well single task okay today i'm just gonna focus on reading a book or right now i'm just gonna focus on reading a book and nothing else putting that phone away putting away this these other distractions is one of the first things it's like if you're rowing your boat towards a destination to get to the destination faster you don't just row harder you plug the holes in your boat sure and you make sure that you are in a stable place before yeah. you start rowing with better technique. Yeah, even if you row more. hard and you're taking in water, you yeah. can be getting very far. Right, which is what happens very often when we are so determined to get to a place. I find that in myself. I'm a very goal-oriented human being and results-driven. And sometimes I forget that I could get from point A to point B much faster if I start to pull away the detractors, mm. the things that don't serve this task yeah. that needs to be done and when i pull away those things i'm like whoa i can work 10 times faster more efficiently but the chair on cherry on top is the enjoyment of it Mm. it doesn't become a task anymore it becomes a beautiful practice it becomes this playful playful yeah exactly yeah it's like because one of the coolest things you can do that i found being out here in puerto viejo and being out here in costa rica and when i was in mexico is go swim in the ocean it's just like it is so relaxing mm. and it is it is restorative mm-hmm. and uh, calming and it could be playful but only if i'm really there when i'm there mm-hmm. yeah yeah i went to uh just to i i just remembered to finish off the the productivity piece the lesson yeah yeah the lesson there was me and it's still a learning lesson in practice now is to not define myself by productivity. The value that I provide people and the value that I see within myself and my own self identity is not defined by my productivity. And yeah, that's some really level of output or yes. something like that. Yes, that's really something that's been challenging for me. And what's helped is to redefine um, the currency of the work that I put forward. Mm-hmm. Does productivity always have to come down to monetary gain and income? Or can it be how many connections I make? Can it be how many smiles mm. I get from people? Yeah. Can it come down to um, yeah, how many s- steps closer towards perma-V I can get? That's something that's been on my journey very, very um, in my face, especially since I'm not working working and coming from toronto major city there's a workaholic feel to it and i had to strip away from that and that was a really interesting 
balance that I had to play when being here on a sabbatical yeah. to being a tourist to then making this a learning experience to then redefining this as maybe I can work and live at the same time. And I always come back to maybe you can work and live in a place that um, continues to push that monetary currency forward. And that's sort of the, the best environment for it. But here is this currency of money, the best way to enhance that experience while traveling. I don't think so. I really don't think so. It, it comes with the territory. And, um, and also another thing that I bring from that productivity is knowing the difference between output and outcome. What we put out may not always end up in a certain outcome. Um, they may not always align. So for example, like the effort that we put towards this podcast um, may yield a certain reach, but may not. And so to not tie ourselves, our effort to the outcome is detachment. And it's just this letting go of whatever happens happens, but I just know for myself that I put my heart and soul forward and that I wanted to really connect with you, Jonathan, and you, the listeners. And that's all that matters to me because there's so many uncontrollable factors mm. that determine the, everything. <laughs> that, yeah, that determine the outcome. Yeah. So, and again, to piggyback off of that is the difference between um, ROI, return on investment, to VOI, value on investment. Mm. The return on investment is so transactional. It's so linear. It's so absolute black and white. Yeah, I put this in, I get that out. Exactly. It's like, heartless almost. Exactly. Calories in, calories out. Sure. Does it work? No. No. Um, the nutrients that you get in are disqualified. I mean, the experience of eating is qualified yeah. there. The, the camaraderie, the camaraderie of the people around you. All the qualitatives mm. are not given value you can't really put your you can't really you can't really put your finger on exactly the value of it but it's there's there's something to right. be said about it right and so how we measure success is not always on return on investment it should be on the value of investment it's on the qualitatives the things sometimes you can't truly measure with numbers mm. they're the subjectives and those are the experiences that end up more memorable than Sometimes the objectives, the number-based, the volume-based things, the quantitatives. I like to strike a balance between the two because I think they help offset each other and they help counterbalance each other. So, you know, speaking airy-fairy about things and being woo-woo <laughs> about stuff is great because yeah. it's inspirational, it's, it's welcoming, it's diverse, it's alternative, but it's also... Uh, Some people want to be in the dirt sometimes. Yeah, know? but it also gives value to those quantitative experiences, the westernized practice of medicine and whatnot, yeah. the scientific method, mm -hmm. um, these facts and figures that give us a certain level of stability in the research that we put forward. And it also allows people to create metrics of 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 step by step accomplishments and that's really incentivizing too. It's very motivating to see numbers. So I'm in this back and forth between words and numbers yeah. and different currencies to evaluate performance and productivity. Um, and again, like 
sometimes productivity can be as simple as not doing, non-doing, rather than doing. And that's a learning lesson that wraps this all together is maybe slowing down and, and being more than becoming is really important. Being, being present. Yeah. Just the gift of being is nourishing and giving yourself time to just even think about that is beautiful. Yeah. I always used to say, um, and I ask people this question, who can you love becoming? That's great because it gives you something to work towards and it allows you to visualize because we know visualization in the future is very important for sports psychology, for example. Um, when athletes close their eyes and they visualize, like Formula One racers yeah. or basketball players, they visualize every turn. They do it in trampoline. Right, okay. So yeah. it really helps with technical and, and giving yourself that self-confidence and boost and whatnot. But to fast forward too far ahead and, and really try to imagine who you could be, who you could love becoming, sometimes could be a detriment as well. Yeah. It could be sometimes crippling. It could be discouraging for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't get there, then what? Yeah. I think the kind of the major uh, takeaway for me on this podcast, it's funny because if anyone's looking at the visual experience, especially if uh, we cut any of these clips like later on in the podcast, it just looks like we're two dudes in the dark. <laughs> uh, we definitely are two dudes in the dark right now. But um, it's just that, that concept of slowing down um, has been a major theme for me. And I, and I thought I was making strides in it because I thought I was making improvements with my body. And I was like, the only way I'm going to feel better and get better and remove some of these injuries and some of these like chronic pains is um, if I pay attention and slow down and breathe into these experiences. And I haven't gotten there yet. So maybe I think, I think, um, I think the mistake I'm making is there's like an element of like trying to do something versus doing it. And I may be misinterpreting the concept of being present Versus like, because I'm being present, I have to try to do it when I'm doing it instead of somehow just like entering into and you know, just allowing it to take over. So that's kind of something I'm wrestling with personally, but it's mm. showing up in this conversation about uh, slowing down, um, doing one thing at a time, stop trying to worry about how productive I'm being. Cause there's, we're living this exceptionalism culture where I need to be the, yeah. the reach my highest potential, but it's like, is there anything other than this moment? Maybe my highest potential is just arriving in the space. Maybe my highest potential is just being fully present with you in this conversation. Yeah. Cause that's when I feel alive and that's when I feel best. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, it's something that I'm wrestling with. I'm sure our listeners are wrestling. It sounds like you're wrestling with, and I'm just wondering kind of like coming full circle on this conversation. You know, what, how are, how are you going to proceed with all these new lessons? How are you going to proceed with this, all of these thoughts you're having? Is it, is it going to be with, uh, quality of life and a peace of mind and perma v or or how are you going to kind of tie these together because i know harmony is a big yeah. element of your philosophy i don't yes. know if that ties in here or, or you know just for kind of like you know we're going to turn this recording off i'm going to go hang out with some friends maybe you'll show up um hang out with us but like for the listeners as well like as a as a takeaway like what are we gonna maybe it's not even a question of doing where do we go from here like well, I was just about to say a doing thing. Yeah. But do less things deeper. Could be a step in that direction. I think being kind to yourself 
being okay with not being okay. We are hearing these these things right now, especially during this time where there's so many uncertain, there's a lot of uncertainty, but one acceptance is some of the best things that happen in life are uncertain. They come from randomness. They come from an unplanned walk to meet uh, Suzanne and then go yeah. to an event. Totally. It wasn't planned. It yeah. wasn't, but it was maybe your destiny to do it. There was maybe a belief um, and hope to to just do what feels right from the gut and listen to your intuition. A lot of the information that we have that we seek is already within us. And the more time you spend with yourself and studying yourself, whether it be... <laughs> yeah, people are wondering the, if there's demons because it's now dark on the show. So they're like, <laughs> what demon? There's a howler monkeys and they literally sound like there's some uh, dis disturbing figure that's crawling at us in the dark, but it's just it's howler amazing. monkeys. It's amazing. Yeah. Howler monkeys and, <laughs> and chickens yeah. in the morning. But listening to nature, literally listen to nature, the nature that we have within us. Take time to study your body and whatever happens all within us. Um, dive deep into your own mind. And yeah, the nature that you, if you have the ability to get out into nature, into the outdoors, that's probably the best laboratory uh, or the best canvas for you to explore your mind. Yeah, I think this is the, the right way to end the show. And um, the reason why I say that is because it just blows my mind. I don't want to get political on the show. That's not the purpose of the show. But it just blows my mind the types of recommendations that have, have come out of government and policymakers over the last year about how people should be taking care of themselves because based off everything I know about what we've talked about on this show, which is vitality, mm -hmm. it's so counterintuitive and it's telling people to do the opposite of what makes them feel good and the opposite uh, of what's in our nature. So as an example, what's in my nature is to go for a walk in the forest. But early on in the pandemic, I got an alert on my phone that said, do not leave your house. If you're out in public, you will get a fine. And yes. so just like the, like, I, mean, I don't want to get in, in terms of like, what should we do or what shouldn't we do? But it sounds to me like, um, you know, there's an opportunity moving forward to just really fine tune how we live mm -hmm. and to question is the way that I'm living my life congruent with my nature? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. being distracted and doing all these activities at uh, different times and like striving for the greatest output, is that really what I was put here to do? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it's like, that's an introspection conversation. Yeah. I feel like this whole podcast was about introspection. hundred percent. Yeah. The four doctors that you'll ever need to consult are Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, hmm. Dr. Movement and Dr. Happiness. These four. And many of us need a little more of that Dr. Quiet. Spending time in solitude. Because so many things are changing there's so much noise that no matter how hard you close your ears and your eyes there's noise happening from within as well from programming when we were young and to quiet that and give yourself time to introspect and have solitude and a peace of mind 
um, is probably one of the um, most sought after commodities, I guess, in this day and age. Yeah. Especially with the digital age, all this abundance of information, it's just overload. So a lot of us are stressed because of that, because there's so much that's happening, which is exciting, but how do we better pace ourselves in this race or this journey through life? How can we better pace ourselves? Maybe that could be a takeaway to help kind of narrow in and hone in our vitality and pick and choose, prioritize where we want to go, base it on pace. That's actually such a, your purpose. You keep opening up cans of worms because mm -hmm. you are an ultra marathon runner, yeah. right? So pace is something that's really important to you. Yes. But my roommate and I keep talking about how life's more like, um, like interval training, mm. right? Where it's like, you know, you go all in on something and then you get to actually sit back and take time to rest and recover and learn, yeah. you know, um, uh, I don't know what the right, integrate. Yes. Right. And then go back out and do it again. Download. But it's like that, Load. that ultra marathon experience is a totally different experience mm -hmm. so i'm yeah. sure you've learned all sorts of lessons from ultra marathon oh, i have a whole so. podcast on ultra marathon but oh with, yeah with the hit training philosophy um the quote that comes to mind is the candle that burns twice as bright lives half as long now that's a way of life for maybe thrill seekers mm -hmm. um Maybe people who are YOLOing all the time. <laughs> uh, There's definitely a time and place for a good YOLO, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but funny thing is nowadays, I'm happy to, to JOMO, joy of missing out. Yeah. <laughs> I really am at that phase of life where I know what I want, I know what I enjoy. And sometimes FOMO, fear of missing out, is is the last on my mind. I mean, there's nothing that I'm missing out on if I kind of concentrate on the, the inside and the within. Because do I need things from the outside world to satisfy me? To an extent, yes, but also there's a lot that I need to work on and, and kind of learn to, to find joy and happiness in the quiet times, those times with myself. And again, that self-care and that self-time introspection, coming back to that is, is a takeaway that I feel strongly about for people thank you for doing this man thank you for doing this man this thank is fun for, dude like asking me i i feel honored totally man this well i so feel like honored. this is just the beginning mm. i feel like this is just the beginning because i definitely have you come back on the show after you know a couple months of living abroad or right. some of the lessons you've learned in the in the next few months and yeah uh, uh, you know, finding out how you've been paying attention, right, seeing right. if that's been helping you out. And right. so, um, you know, I'm sure this is just the beginning for us, man. Talk about relationships too. Damn, bro. You could like, uh, like, just like the wealth of knowledge, it's clear. And the wisdom you have is clear. Like the quotes coming to mind is like a, just the surface level. Cause it's like, okay, well you could probably tell three or four stories that relate to that quote. So, you know, I have lots of time. Like I would love to get into money psychology. Yes. I would love to get into, you know, the way you look at relationships. Mm -hmm. And cause this guy is like, unbelievable uh networker and like and when i look at networking there's so many people i see that i that do it in such like a distasteful way where mm. i see it and i'm just like you know that doesn't actually inspire me at all but the way that you do it when you're um you know trying to bring people together so that they can share and we could take from their learnings and their life experiences and the challenges that they've experienced is just like uh uh, uh har harmonious 
approach yeah. and it's inspiring. And, um, you know, it's something that I tried to do with the circle up experience yes. is, is, um, the season I'm working on and I should, uh, I should definitely commit to, you know, uh, you know, really making sure that it's done world-class is uh, highlight the people that have made the community what it is mm, rather than yes. trying to be this voice and face where it's about me. It's about like, okay, well, how can we appreciate them? Cause without them, this wouldn't be possible. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the first follower rule, which is opening up another. Yo, we're done. <laughs> we're yeah. going to go get a drink. <laughs> uh, it's Friday night. You can't even see us anymore. It is pitch oh my black. God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this place even have any lights yeah. uh, <laughs> candlelight yeah it's yeah oh that would be it. yo candle yo candlelight sessions for the next podcast right um thanks for doing this man appreciate really it appreciate it. I, I appreciate like just the who you're being in the world and how you're showing up in the world like i said right at the beginning and i mean it wholeheartedly is the interactions that i've experienced from you is you are actually um in the way that alan watts says if you want to be delightful you need to be more or less delighted yourself and you seem like a, a glass you take your philosophy seriously, which is a glass full kind of guy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that I can pour that in other people. So thanks for helping to pour into my life. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more good chats we can have. Of course. Thanks, brother. Hi, dude. Anything else you want to share before we close this off? I better not because otherwise more stuff will come out. <laughs> We're closing the door on this episode. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Feel free to share feedback. Feel free to share this with your community. And uh, last but not least, Julian, thanks for being on the show. May the force be with us all. Nice. Dude, we did it. Sick. Once again, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you liked what you heard, if you felt inspired, if you found an idea you think will transform your life or make your life better, please share this with a man or someone in your life that you think would benefit. And some quick updates, exciting developments. The Circle Up book has now uh, officially Contract has been signed with our publisher, so it is coming to the world November 1st. You will be able to pre-order the Circle Up book where we talk about changing the way men talk, think, and feel about their mental health on November 1st. So you can pre-order come October 1st. The book will be available November 1st um, for Men's Mental Health Month, and most importantly, every single dollar of profit for the book Every investment that I've made in it, every uh, time investment of all of the grueling hours of sitting and writing and sitting and editing and sitting towards bringing it to the world uh, will be donated to my favorite charity in the world. I feel like I owe them big time. They were so important in my development as a leader, as a communicator, understanding my own mental health and then being able to share that with the world. So um, if you like this episode of the podcast, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, share it with a friend. And then additionally, the Circle Up book is coming to the world, available for pre-orders October 1st, available for distribution November 1st, and every single dollar of profit will be going to um, fundraise money for youth mental health education uh, and my favorite charity in the world, jack.org. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. And if you got to see this um, over video, you're welcome for the close-up of my face. Uh, if it's just audio, then y'all need to check out the video every once in a while. Sending love from Bradford, Canada. Until next time.